Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the best ways to do that is by traveling, enjoying great food, and learning new and fascinating information. And that's why today's show is especially exciting. Our guest is none other than the Frances Mays. You know Frances as a best-selling author and devotee of all things Italian, and perhaps her most well-known work is one so many of us loved for both the book and the movie, Under the Tuscan Sun. And now Frances has joined forces with New York Times travel writer Andine Cohane and the National Geographic to create another true treasure that celebrates the sights, the taste, and the people of Italy. The book is called Always Italy, and Frances joins us today to share all about it. So welcome, Frances. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you, Eileen. Well, obviously I had a moment to speak with you, and I gushed a bit about what a fan I am, but this book is no disappointment. Uh, Congratulations. (laughs) It's visually stunning, amazing scenery, hidden marvels unknown to most of us tourists, and the many delights to be found on the Italian table. But your writing is what sets it all apart. I mean, you, your love, well, first off, your abilities to share your descriptions in such a poetic way, but your love of Italy is so evident. Thank you. I really love writing about Italy, and one of the bonuses is that when you are traveling, you're experiencing what you're experiencing, having the great time, but when you write about it, you get to re-experience it again, so it's kind of like you double your life when you are writing about a place. That was one of the great pleasures of writing Always Italy, I experienced it in this double way and um, now I have this big guidebook that even I am going to use as a guide because I didn't get to stay in these places for very long, a lot of them, so I can't wait to go back to so many of them. Well, and in addition to you being able to experience it a second time and then setting yourself up for many more visits to these places, you provided us <laughs> with that amazing guide. And I think one of the things, especially boomers and, you know, those of us who are a little a little older, our, our great joy is to be able to have the time and the resources to travel. And, of course, COVID has put a damper on that. But, boy, once we can get going, this is a great way to plan our next trip. Yes, and I think it'll be sooner rather than later now. I'm very excited that I I think a lot of people are going to be able to travel later in the year because I think we're going to get those, uh, you know, vaccine passports. So we'll be good to go. <laughs> oh, I'm already breathing heavy. I'm so well, and also Francine. Of course, you are Francis. You are known for um, your, you know, again the many books you've written about Italy and your life over there. But what led you to connect with Andine and, of course, National Geographic to produce this this next marvel of yours? Well, I had just written um, "See You in the Piazza." It's a book about new places to discover in Italy. These are all out-of-the-way places that I had in my notebooks and in my dreams for so long that I finally got to go to. Writing that book 
simply whetted my appetite to see more and more of the Italy that I had not seen. So oddly enough, National Geographic, just out of blue, asked me if I would be interested in writing a book about all of Italy. And I was totally interested, and I said, well, I need a co-author because there's just so much detail to a book like that. So Andine's a friend of mine. She lives in uh, Pienza in Tuscany, and uh, she's a travel writer. So I called her and said, I've got this great idea. Do you want to come aboard with it? She said yes. So we became even closer friends in the process of writing this book. There was so much to collaborate on. Most of the travels we did separately because there was just so much to cover. But I went to every single region of Italy, and I'm so excited about that because even most Italians don't go to all regions. I guess it's kind of like going to all the states here or something. You just don't make it to all of them. But I found so many new places to love. I had traveled a lot in Italy, but suddenly there were all these new places, and I felt rather unfaithful to Tuscany. I found many places I would like to live. You, know? <laughs> you cheated on your first love, Francis. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about some of these other places. Of course, Tuscany, I've been there. I've had the joy of being there a couple of times, and it's just such a beautiful place. But I'm anxious to hear more. Well, I went on a lot of quests. One was the wine region of Piemonte. I went to all the little wine towns in Piemonte. Puglia, way down in the heel of the boot, I adore and go there now every chance I get. It's not only that it has stupendous beaches with that, you know, heel of the boot sticking down into the waters, but it has such a rich culture. There are great archaeological museums there. There are these little villages perched on the side of the hill that look like they're in Greece because they were actually built by Greek settlers centuries ago. Um, the food, the bread, so many things about Puglia. And Sicily I adore. I that's That was kind of a surprise to me how varied Sicily is. The best food in Italy, I will have to say, comes from Sicily, particularly the desserts. They have these great old Arab flavors of lavender and saffron, and they're incorporating these old uh, flavors into the desserts. The marzipan, the, uh, just so many fabulous flavors of uh, gelato. So Sicily, with its uh, great Arab traditions, and it's all, you know, all these wonderful places along the sea, the Baroque towns. Oh, so many places, I don't even know where to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in addition to, of course, those amazing sites, and you 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 mentioned the food, uh, you also have an interest in architecture. In my next life, I will come back as an architect, I hope. (laughs) I would have in this life, but I was afraid of the math. <laughs> yes, I that's one of my quests is always seeing the architecture in an area. And when I was in uh Italy in December, I was there this fall for the olive harvest. I was able to see Rome without any tourists. That was one of the peak experiences of my travel life. Cuz you see the city as it, you know, is without all the hordes and 
That was such a treat. You could smell the sea. The town was clean. It was just a unique, unique experience. I'll never have it again, of course. But um, the Trevi Fountain with no one there, uh, that was so great. Oh, Francis, that brings up another question because Italy is so beloved uh, as a as a tourist or a travel destination. Do you have any suggestions as far as uh, once we get on that plane again of the time of year that might be the best to you know see some of these sites? When people ask my husband the best time to see Italy, he always says January through December. So. Any time is good, but, um, if, you know, when you're not during, traveling during school vacations, um, there are many fewer people there, and there are just certain joys to traveling off-season. I love traveling in Italy in the winter. You get some bad days, some rainy days, cold days, but um, there's just that sense that the country really returns to something uh authentic and there are all the wonderful days of uncrowded places and having hot chocolate at the outdoor bars and I love winter travel but I I would say go anytime you can but ideally spring and fall of course those are the best seasons anywhere uh, for travel because you don't run into 100 degree heat anywhere so um, but I'll go anytime. I'll go today if I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Francis, too, one of, I mean, the thing about your book, too, is even if we're going and have to go for various reasons at the height of the tourist season, once you get off those, you know, those beaten roads, and I'm sure that uh, Rome uh, in COVID season was an amazing experience, but I think, too, getting way out into the country and some of the places that you found. Uh, now, you mentioned that you did not travel with Andine, so did you go by yourself then while you were seeing some of these sites or these places? I was, I was mostly traveling with my husband, Ed, and often with our grandson, too. And I really recommend traveling with children in Italy because uh, it's a great thing to take your grandchild on a trip like a a trip to Italy. It's unforgettable. And, of course, the Italians love kids. They love children. So you meet more people than you would ordinarily. But I have had the great gift of um, introducing my grandson to Italy his whole life. So that has been just you know one of the pleasures of my life he speaks italian now and it's it's led him to be quite the traveler but oh, you know Francis, you I just, uh, i'm sorry go ahead go ahead <laughs> you mentioned no, going i was just going to say i i think that is wonderful that's one of the greatest gifts a grandparent can give a grandchild absolutely absolutely and it's prolonged our time together um he always wanted to go back to italy it wasn't no i want to stay home with my friends or anything like that it's like when are we going let's make let's book the tickets (laughs) but getting so much better than sitting in his room playing video games (laughs) Uh, so francis i'm assuming the things to take are really a couple of pairs of really good walking shoes your appetite I'm like, do you gain weight when you come back from these trips? Because all the food in Italy is so amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Never. I walk so much. I never gain a pound in Italy. And, you know, the Italian diet is, uh, the Italian way of eating is so structured to be balanced. And there's no excess of, you know, huge piles of things on your plate. So you approach dinner like a symphony. There's the intro, there's the first, there's the second, there's the third. Very sane way to eat. I like that. Approach dinner like a symphony. <laughs> you know, that just sums it up. Well, Francis, I was really looking forward to this. Of course, you are a big name, and again, I am a big fan. But it was the conversation was even more delightful than I could have hoped. So do you have any final oh, thoughts you'd like you. to share with our listeners before we have to leave? I think keep keep dreaming of travel. It's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, that's a real positive way. I mean, I do think that's one of the another gift of age is that we are first in line to get those vaccines and get back on that plane. Yes, indeed. I already have my vaccine, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, I'll be right, I'll be sitting behind you on the plane and trying to follow you all around, Francis. This has been so great. Thank okay. you again. Thank you. And I also want to share with all of you listeners, please check out Frances's book. You already know she is a big Italian file. I don't know if that's a real word, but she loves Italy. And, of course, this book, Always Italy, is a love story from her. Also, it's a treat for each of your senses, and it would make for the perfect uh, birthday gift or whatever for any of your friends. And all of us could use a good travel to Italy, be it armchair at this point or not. So while you're at it, enjoying all things Italian, don't forget to go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Santa, catch you later. Bye-bye.